Hey everyone, and welcome to another Overflow Pod. We are starting off this new year of 2023, getting ready to press that reset button and starting afresh for the new year. And last pod, we started a new series and we looked at the first step before pressing that reset button, which is to ask God for a reset. No matter what you've done, you are a product of your past, but but, but, but you are not a prisoner of your past. You're a product, but your past does not control you. So let's jump right in and see the second thing we need to prepare before pressing that reset button, which is to pinpoint specifically what I want changed in me. That's the second thing you have to do. If you want to get a brand new start in life, you got to pinpoint what specific change you want to happen. Nothing becomes transforming until it becomes specific. You don't just say, God, I want you to change me. And God's going to say, well, what do you have in mind? Change what? What do you want changed? You can't change generally. You just say, God, change me, and then expect everything to be done exactly as you envisioned it. You have to clarify. You have to identify. You have to decide where you want to be different as a man or a woman. Where do I want to be different? You see, you can't solve any problem until you first identify it. You know the problems in your life. Are you still going to be in denial about them? You got to identify them. You got to clarify the problems. You got to admit that they are problems, specific problems. Oh, no, I'm not really in debt. Oh, no, I'm not really habitually procrastinating. Well, whatever it is, I don't need help in this area. Well, then you will be helpless. Now, the more specific you are about what you want God to change in your life, the easier it's going to be for God to do it and to help you and to do it faster. So where do you need help? Where would you like to change in your life? What are the things in your life, relationships or whatever that you're dissatisfied with? You're not cooking on all burners, not on all cylinders. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 5, look closely at yourselves. That's some self-examination. Test yourselves to see if you are really living in the faith. Okay, so here are, here are a bunch of areas that you can see if any of these check the boxes, if you will, about where do you need a reset. So where would you like God to change to give you a fresh start? Well, how about your connection with God? That's the first one. So how do I know if I need to reset there? Well, has there ever been a time in your life where you felt closer to God than you do right now? If the answer is yes, you need a reset, a reboot, a reconnection. So you need to check that box. I've never been closer to God right now. Then you don't need to check it. How about I need to reset all my health and body? I'm there. <laughs> like the doctors are trying to do with me, you know, do you need help in your metabolism and some area of your chronic illness or something like that, you can ask God about that. Do I need a reset in my priorities? Are your priorities out of whack and things that aren't really important? All of a sudden you're spending all your time doing those and the things that are really important, you're not doing them. I need a reset in my priorities. Maybe that's the one you need. How about a relationship? Do you have a relationship, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a friend or whatever, and you're just stagnating, you're deteriorating. You need a reset in that relationship. How about in your energy level? Going lower and lower. Do I need to restart there? How about your career? In my job, if you're out of work right now, you need a restart. If you just got laid off or fired or you're out of work, need a restart there. Or you might need a career change. 
How about in my thoughts? I'm having thoughts that I don't like. I can't control. Maybe they scare you. They're the wrong kind of thoughts. You know you shouldn't be thinking it, but you just can't stop. They bother you. Well, there's one. Do you need a reset in your marriage? No marriage ever stands still. You're either growing closer together or you're drifting further apart. So if you're not drawing closer together, you need a reset. You need to re-fall in love. I've had to re-fall in love with my wife many times over my almost 26 years of marriage. You just have to re-up and recommit, rededicate. How about in your routines? Are your routines out of whack? The routine that I'm in right now, maybe started during COVID, it's not helping me. So you need I need to change that routine. I need to reset there. Maybe you need to check that one. Or what about replacing some bad habits with some good ones? How about my parenting? Some of you need to reset your parenting. Right now, you need to reset a relationship with one of your kids. They may be an adult child, but you're out of whack with them. You need to reset that relationship. How about your time and schedule? Have you figured out that it's easier to fill your schedule than to fulfill your schedule? Have you discovered that it's easier to get into something rather than to get out of it? It's easier to commit than to actually fulfill. And you say, my time is out of control. My schedule is out of control. I'm always pressured. I'm always late. Maybe you need a reset there. How about in your self-confidence? Say, why would I need to reset my self-confidence? Well, maybe you've re- experienced a major rejection. You've been rejected by work or by a friend or a parent or a lover or by a spouse or anyone. Anytime you have rejection, your self-confidence takes a hit. And you say, I need a reset there. How about finances? My denial about all the debt that I'm in. I'm just pretending that it's not really there. Kind of like the U.S. government. (laughs) Kind of like our country right now. We're just kind of in denial. We're just letting debt grow on and on and on. And we have no idea what's going to stop. Don't do that in your personal life. It's causing a mess in our country. You don't need to cause a mess in your own life. Or Maybe I need a reset in my dreams. Now, what are we going to do? I told you this week is really just an introduction. Actually, the past two pods have just been an introduction. And in, in the upcoming pods, we're going to cover many of these areas in detail. So I, I can't, so I don't want you to miss any of these pods in this reset series because this is all stuff that you can use practically every day in your life. Now, if I didn't hit any area you want to reset in your life, I just want to ask you, are you perfect? Remember, you're not. That's reserved for Jesus. And sometimes we can delude ourselves into thinking that we are better than we think. The Bible says the heart is deceitful, which means you lie to yourself more than you lie to anyone else. Romans 12, 3 says, do not think that you are better than you really are. Decide what you really are by the amount of faith that God has given you. So I want to highly recommend, even if you use false humility, go back, go over that list, listen to it again, or check out what's on uh, the web, the Podbean cast site. Or if you're in your car, just rewind it. Because trust me, you're not perfect. And if you don't understand that you're really out of touch with your own self because nobody's perfect, we're all flawed. We know that God knows that. And actually, you know it, but you just try to tell yourself you're something different. You rationalize. And you know what rationalize means? It means you tell yourself rational lies. You tell yourself in your mind what your heart is telling you is wrong. And your mind says, it's okay. It's not true. So be specific and pick out one or many things to change. That is the second step. Pinpoint exactly, specifically, what you want to see changed. 
Third step, preparation. Find somebody, some people to support your reset. You want to find people to support you. You can't do this by yourself. Something as big as total life change is really hard, you know, by your own. If you could, you would have reset and rebooted your life, but you can't, so you won't. You haven't done it because you tried in the past and you messed up. I mean, every year we fail in our New Year's resolutions, and we can usually fail because we don't get support. You need people in your life. And God has wired us that we don't, so that we don't get better, we don't get healthy, we don't get whole and healed unless we involve people, other people in our lives. Why? Well, first off, it requires humility. It means you need other people. As long as you think you can do it on your own, have it your own way, it's not going to work. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Two people working together, you're going to get defeated. Three is even better. Ecclesiastes 4.10, if one person fails, Another can reach out and help, but people who are alone when they fail are in real trouble. You will fall in your reset. You will make mistakes. You're not perfect. None of us are. And in your desire to be a different kind of man, a different kind of woman, the godly woman that God created you to be, you're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You need other people to be there to pick you up, to encourage you, because community is God's antidote to discouragement, defeat, and failure. So if you're discouraged, and I know why you're not in community, you feel defeated, you feel like a failure, it's because you don't have people around you to, to educate you and, and give you a true perspective. I'm not really a good judge of myself. You want a really good judge of you? People around you. <laughs> you're a terrible judge of yourself. Romans 12.5, since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. See, you got to realize that the body of Christ and the family of God, you belong to me and I belong to you. And the other people in your uh, around you belong to God's family. And that way, that relationship, it actually lasts longer than a family relationship because our physical families don't last. People grow up, they get married, they form their own families, they divorce, they separate, they die. Physical families don't last, but your spiritual family is going to last for eternity which means that your connection and your commitment to other believers in God's family should be stronger than other commitments, like political commitments, financial commitments, business commitments. Your commitment to the body of Christ is more important because it's the only relationship that's going to last forever. So here's the fourth preliminary. Eliminate anything unhealthful or unhealthy. Eliminate anything unhelpful or unhealthy. You gotta do this one to start the reset process. Hebrews 12:1. We should remove anything from our lives that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. Now, if you've ever gone on a diet, you know what I'm talking about. Before you do anything else, you gotta go through your fridge and throw out all your junk food and go into the cabinets, throw all the way the stuff that would be a temptation. Eliminate the junk food so you can get on the straight and narrow. <laughs> We worry about junk food and what it does for us. I mean, think about it. I, I know that I've done that like over Christmas. I didn't throw it out. I just ate it all. I ate every bad thing in this house. So now what's left, it's all healthy stuff. And my daughter's trying to eat well. It's the same with me and my wife. And we're like, I was in Walmart shopping and she was like, dad, 
you're not buying anything unhealthy, are you? I said, no, just healthy stuff. <laughs> no more junk food. But what about the mental junk food? If you want to change your life, maybe you need to unplug or cancel your, your cable. You need to get away from the internet or social media for a couple months. Did you know that depression is the, the highest level it's ever been in teenagers and young adults in their 20s? Highest it's ever been. Why? Because they're the highest consumers of social media. And they're looking at everybody's so-called perfect life and they compare themselves and they're feeling left out. They feel like they can never measure up. And they're always comparing. And, it, and they're depressed. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 in the contemporary English version says this. We must get rid of everything that slows down our progress because, you know, we want to make progress in our lives, especially those things that just won't let go. <laughs> you know, you know what the Bible's talking about there, the habitual things that hold on to us. We must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. and We must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us. So here's the question. What do I need to get rid of or let go of? What do I need to get rid of or let go of? It could be a relationship that's pulling you down, a friend that's not really being a friend. They're dragging you in the wrong direction. If I stand up here and you're down there and I'm trying to lift you up and you're trying to pull me down, who's going to win? There's no question because he's got gravity on his side. The person who's below you, it's easier to pull someone down. So when I'm trying to help them, pray for them, love them, fight them to church, I'm going to get pulled down. So you got to be careful. You should have as your closest friend those people who are actually making you into a better woman, a better man, not taking you in the wrong direction. So what do I need to let go of? Maybe there's some stuff in your house, some reading material that you don't need, some viewing material that you don't need. Only you will know what cleaning out, what eliminating anything unhelpful, unhealthy will mean to you. Maybe there's some attitudes that need to be cleaned out of our lives. We need to put on the good and throw out the bad. And that's easier said than done. But we're going to talk about that in some upcoming pods. How do you replace an attitude that you've had for 20 years? Ooh, tough question. Questions 3, 7 through 10 says, you used to live. It's talking about how you became, before you became a Christian. It says, you used to live according to your selfish desires. In other words, before I knew Christ, I, did, I just did what was best for me. Didn't matter if I hurt somebody else. I just did what was best for me. Verse continues, you used to live according to selfish desires, but when your life was dominated by them, but now you must get rid of all these things. And here he gives you a few examples of bad attitudes, anger, hot temper, hating others. <laughs> I'll put in here, who vote differently than you? <laughs> so that rules out <laughs> social media there. No insults or filthy talk must ever come from your lips. Can you imagine if we actually did that? And stop lying to each other for you have put off your old self with its habits and you have put on your new self. That's a reset. And that's what we're going to do in the weeks ahead. I went and looked up in the in the word reset in the Bible and I found it's only it's only really used one time. And that's in it's in Hebrew in the book of Isaiah. Now the background is kind of important. The nation of Israel had been beaten in war by the empire of Babylon. And when they won the war, they took the entire nation as prisoners back to Babylon, which is Iraq. So they were transported there. They all moved to Iraq where they were prisoners for 70 years. And they're pretty discouraged. They're pretty uh, fed up with it. 
they're kind of like the Ukraine's in Poland right now because of the war. Ukraine has had to flee their country because of the invasion of Russia. Only that was escaping. This was, they were taken hostage. And it says that they destroyed the capital of Jerusalem, the holy city. So God's people were pretty discouraged. And in the midst of all that, God did not want them to realize that he'd forgotten them. He still loved them and he was going to rebuild and reset their lives. And here's what he says in Isaiah 54. This is God talking. The mountains may shake and the hills may crumble. In other words, everything can fall apart in your life. Verse continues, but my unfailing love for you will never be shaking. See, everything else in life can shake, but God's love will never stop. And my promise of peace will never change, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. And then he turns to the city of Jerusalem there, the symbol of hope for Israel, and he says this, O Jerusalem, you suffering storm-ravaged city needing comfort. Maybe can you kind of feel like that right now. You're suffering and you've been ravaged by trials and storms and you need comfort. He says, I will rebuild you with precious, priceless jewels and I will reset. There's the word. I will reset your foundation with sapphires. Now, what's he talking about? It's a metaphor. He's not saying I'm going to put precious stones on the ground. No, I'm going to rebuild you. I've not forgotten you. I've never stopped loving you. We're going to rebuild you. We're going to rebuild your life. We're going to reset this city. But this time, we're not going to rebuild it on shaky sand that can lose its foundation. It's not going to be built on clay. It's not even going to be built on cement. It's going to be built on precious jewels and sapphires. And the verse continues, and rubies for your walls. Now, sapphires and rubies, why would God build a foundation on precious jewels? Because they're unchangeable. Everything else can rust or rot or decay, but sapphires and rubies don't decay and they don't rot. They last. They're eternal. That's why they're so expensive. Sapphires are incredibly expensive with rubies as well. He says, I'm going to build your foundation not on stone, but on the most precious things on earth, more precious than gold, more precious than diamonds. Diamonds are much more available than sapphires and rubies. He says, I'm going to build your life on a precious foundation that's going to last. So, the question is, are you with me? Are you ready to press the reset button on your life to change one of those many areas that we looked at at the beginning of this pod? Now, most of you are already believers. You've stepped across the line. You're in the family of God. You've asked God to forgive you of your sins. You've started a relationship with him. But we still have different points of reset in our life. But some of you haven't crossed that first line yet. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, when someone becomes a Christian, let's invite the Lord into their life, they become a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And that's what you call a real fresh start. That's called salvation. It's when all your past, present, and future sins are forgiven and you have a fresh start. So once you've done that, spend some time this week pinpointing specifically what you want changed in you. Looking closely at yourself, testing yourself, and finding out what do you want to change. And then find some people who will support that reset. And lastly, don't forget to eliminate anything that's unhelpful or unhealthy in your life, whatever it is. Think through what I need to get rid of, what do I need to let go of to prepare me, to prepare you for the new me and the new you. Make 2023 different. Let's press that reset button. And I hope you will join me on this journey. And I will see you in the next podcast. God bless.